Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. Checking elsewhere around North Dakota, it's pretty much the general consensus that this week's wet, Cool weather means open water fishing will likely be at the minimum at best. That's the bad news, but on a better note, it means we're moving closer to ice fishing. And actually, before the chill hit, the few anglers on Devil's Lake were still finding some walleye success working shallower water. Even the Missouri River tail race was producing a little better walleye activity from boats when anglers worked the holes. But that was this past week and weekend, and now we can talk about waterfall moving in and perhaps over and out, depending on just how long the weather decides to stay. On the other hand, it also means we're heading into deer gun season November 10th. Until then, though, it was still worth shore fishing for salmon in the bays around the uh, east end of Lake Sakakawea around Garrison Dam places like Intake, Spillway, or Scoria Bays. Try tossing crankbaits, but that too will slow down as the salmon spawning attempts dwindle for the year. It's pretty typical for salmon in the lake, though. Going back to waterfall, a lot of cranes were moving through central and west-central North Dakota last weekend. They probably read the forecast, too, along with some wide fronts. A few snow geese were starting to trickle in early in the week, but there wasn't a major migration, and there probably won't be until the weather really locks them into high gear. Lesser Canada geese were on the move as well in several places across the state. Now is definitely the time to watch the sky for waterfall movement, but when it comes to fishing, most anglers have winterized their boats and are eyeing their ice fishing gear. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale. And she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Here is a podcast extra. Brian Hosek, North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Welcome to Gone Outdoors, Brian. Thanks for having me. Good time of year. Busy, busy, uh, out, nice, nice fall and busy outdoor season here. So, oh boy, it has been a nice fall. And, and yeah, uh, that, that means there's that many more people out in the outdoors, which is a good thing. You know, for That's decades, right. physical posting was the only way to post your land. For years and years and years, you know, you'd go driving down the roads and you could tell right away what was posted and what isn't. That's not necessarily the case anymore. Some people might consider it better. Some people might consider it not as good. But we also now have electronic posting. Tell us a little bit of background right. as, as to when North Dakota started electronic posting. Right. Yeah, that was a discussion. There was a, lot, a long history with that for probably a decade and a half of legislative sessions. And and really it was a discussion to presume all lands closed. And so that, you know, taking that traditional way of the physical signage and just uh, presuming all lands closed and what that would have really meant for 
for the outdoors, for hunting access. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of consequences of that, but again, it was, uh, it was something that was, uh, discussed throughout those years and, and bringing, uh, basically what it turned into was a study bringing landowner representation and sports and representation and, and some, uh, and some legislators to participate in that and kind of come up with a, a path forward. And so, yeah, that was the, that was the, it's definitely a big change. There's a lot of long history and, and, and changing history too, with the physical signage. I mean, there was, there was times where, uh, there were certain requirements to be on that sign. Um, I think for the past many decades, it's been the first and last name was required to be on that, but that's something that's really a key component to posting, understanding the importance of that point of contact. And so, um, but yeah, that's kind of where it started. It, it went into, uh, into a study and then um in the 2021 legislative session was implemented fully that was the first year where electronic posting was was an option presented as an option um what it ended up doing was leaving the leaving the traditional way of posting with physical signs on the table for a lot of landowners preferred that that was a preference and then those that uh were really looking at the convenience and another way to communicate and i think there was some mention of it might take a uh, boat and horseback and, you know, an ATV and, and some means to post the land. So there were some conveniences of electronic method. And so that was also left as an option. And then the big important part of that is the, there's a lot of, there's a lot of landowners that would prefer to leave lands unposted. So uh, many millions and millions of acres of, of access there. And, and again, to their, their preference that they would like to leave those hunting lands available. So. Brian, you have had now the 2021 legislative session, you said, so So was the 2021 hunting season an option for landowners to electronically post? Yep. Yes. So that was the first year that they came in and, and there was a, it turned into about 3.4 million acres of, of uh, that were posted electronically. And so this is all, you know, this is something that's new, you know, we're, we're seeing as you kind of mentioned, you drive around and you don't see these signs until you're there or you're, you're in an area that's, uh, you know, that's, that you're maybe you've hiked a ways in and you found something that has a physical sign on it. But this is the first time we've been able to see, you know, see what it looks like on a map or statewide, if you want to think of it that way. And so we did have some estimates on the, the acreage of land that was, was probably physically posted before that. And I think we were probably in that probably 20 to 25 million acres of physically posted lands. And as many, many of us know in North Dakota is that, that the trend has been over the, over the many, many decades is, you know, more and more land was, was becoming physically posted. And, uh, that, I don't know that it ever necessarily plateaued. It was still trending upward. So whether that's just the difference in preference from landowner as that's handed on to the next or, or a numerous, probably numerous factors that, you know, um, came to that conclusion, but yeah, it was just something that was continuing to grow. And so, yeah, I think that was the estimate at that time. And so not really having a way to see that, what it would look like statewide, but knowing that people are going to, you know, that were physically posting in the past are probably going to move over, move over to electronic posting. So you've got a couple of years under your belt now where it's been an option to right. do either. Right. And what's the feedback right. been both from landowners and from the hunter side? What's, what's kind of the feedback been? Yeah, we get, we do get a lot of comments from game at game and fish and, you know, overwhelmingly, uh, it's been really positive. I mean, a lot of landowners, um, do enjoy that convenience. There's some things there too, that were, you don't, you don't really know until after the fact, but 
when this information is presented to you as a hunter, I mean, you're more um, intentional about where you're going to hunt. It's not, you're not, you're not driving down a section line and finding out by the time you get to that piece that there's a physical sign out there or a two track trail or something like that. And so there's more intentionality on, on hunting. So um, we're seeing some of that uh, occur less, more intentional hunting, probably less just, you know, more, or just driving aimlessly, I should say, if you want to think of it that way. So there's some positive things from that from landowners. Some other things too is there, you've heard that in the past with just the physical signs. They, there's a numerous things that can happen to a physical sign. It could be difficult to read. It could be, it could have blown to Canada, Minnesota, wherever. Um, it can get knocked down. I've heard stories of cows eating the paper signs. I mean, the, the neighbor's tractor knocked it out, knocked the post over. And so there's consequences for hunters with that too, you know, cause it has to, you know, the, the laws that are requirements for a physical signage. And so there's some benefits of that to just, you know, when it's digital, you know, and you're using those resources, you know, it's, it's crystal clear. Something didn't happen to it to send out, you know, there's misinfor- you know, misunderstanding that that sign is hey, Brian, should have been there or not. So yeah. we only got a couple minutes left. Where can hunters go if they want to find out what has been posted? Yeah, so, I'm assuming just yeah, the we, website. But we have a lot of great resources on our website, and so there's 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 some pros and cons of each. So yeah, visit our website. We have obviously we have the digital tools with the mobile map applications. We have a few that we kind of showcase out there, um, and they have that built in, which is really important. Is the point of contact kind of I like to describe it as the built in white pages for us that know what white pages were. But that point of contact, and then there's others that don't want to use the technology. There's ways that you've used the plots guide in the past. Most have. And so there's those paper maps that you can use that will designate that. So you don't necessarily need to have the technology to go out in the field. You can use that as a reference. And, and quite frankly, then you don't have to drive up to the sign and find out and, or drive, drive a half a mile to go find, find out if that land's posted. You can reference those paper maps. So, so um, But yeah, the big... Yeah, go ahead. And I'm assuming that the land owner's information is on that website as well. For well, that's the thing. You know, the physic- yeah, with the physical signage, again, it wasn't required, but first and last name. And so there was very few that had additional contact information. And so with the digital side of this, we do have some, what we have is a point of contact that's mm-hmm. optional for landowners. We had about 58% of those participating in electronic posting this year included contact information. And so it has grown to this last year where we went from 3.4 to 7.3 to 9.7 million acres. Wow. And again, we're probably thinking that there was about 25 million, 20, 20 to 25 million that was physically posted prior. So I think more people are embracing the electronic posting as an option. And then, yeah, the important factor with that is that we do have that point of contact. Yep. So it gives, gives folks a, a chance to get in contact with someone, build those relationships with landowners and uh, make arrangements to, you know, pursue the outdoors so that's awesome uh and brian thank you thanks north dakota game and fish for doing this because you know landowner and hunter relations are super important for everybody for them for us for for everyone and uh everything you can do to make it easier for everybody uh, get more information out there is a good thing and you guys are doing that we appreciate you coming on gone outdoors Appreciate you having me. Take care. Well, that is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available. Ben, the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Until next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.